Have you ever found yourself wondering if there is more to life than your current circumstance? Perhaps you're stuck in a rut of mundane, unsure of where you belong. Maybe you feel bound by chains of poor decision making, feeling lost, but brave enough to consider, what if there's more to life than this? Hi, I'm Cindy Linton and I want to welcome you to the church. My husband, Josh, and I are pastors of a growing congregation of people gathering together in normal Illinois. People who have found the answer to this question is a yes and are committed to joining together in an effort to honor God, love people, and discover truth. Thank you for joining us today. We're starting this new series. And I am so excited that we are now in November. We are three Thursdays away from celebrating Thanksgiving. How many of us, though, we know that the concept of Thanksgiving, it did not originate with the pilgrims. The concept of Thanksgiving is not just about a meal. The concept of Thanksgiving has existed since the very beginning of time. It has been a thing. It is not something new. True Thanksgiving it includes prayer, it, can, it includes surrender, um, acknowledgement of God's sovereignty. It, it involves praise, yeah. a vital component. And we're going to spend these next few weeks, and we're going to be talking about these different ingredients of sorts that go in to make sure that we really experience a true Thanksgiving. Yeah. One that stretches past just a day. Because true Thanksgiving is a lifestyle. Amen. It is something that will radically change your life. Who in here likes to eat cake? <laughs> if you're not raising your hand, I'm, I think you might be lying. Because cake is good. It is so good. And if you don't like cakes for some reason, think about cookies or whatever the sweet treat is. Um, they're great, but to get the actual cake, you have to take a whole bunch of ingredients and place them together. Anyone ever tried to bake a cake and you forgot one of the ingredients? Yeah, I've baked a cake before and I have forgotten the eggs. I have also baked a cake and forgotten the butter. And do you know what you wind up with when you do that? Yeah, it's like a biscuit of sorts and you're like, no, no thank you, I don't want this. It's not good. What you learn in those moments though is the power of every ingredient coming together. Um, because all of those ingredients, they serve a purpose. There's actually a science behind building or building, making a cake. It's this mix that happens where all of these components, they, they come together and they work toward this end result that is fluffy, it's sweet, it's savory, it's satisfying, it's wonderful, but each of those components, they serve a vital purpose. The flour, it brings structure to the whole thing. The sugar and the butter, they work together to incorporate air throughout the mix, making your cake that tender cake that everyone enjoys. The salt, it enhances the flavor. It creates this reaction in the gluten. The eggs, they serve as this barrier of protection over those air bubbles that you're working so hard with this to get this moist cake. They protect it from the heat whenever it goes into the oven. All of them, again, they're serving a purpose, working together to that common, satisfying goal because we want to eat that yummy cake. Just as these ingredients work together for that cake, there are ingredients that have to come together in both the spiritual and the natural when it comes to a true Thanksgiving. 
We all love Thanksgiving. In the natural, you know, some people say, you just cannot have Thanksgiving without the ham. Right. You cannot have Thanksgiving without the turkey. There we go. <laughs> I forgot what, what I was talking about when I said ham. <laughs> For me, when I was a kid, it was not Thanksgiving without my grandpa's noodles. There was something so special about those noodles. And it's funny looking back now, but other people would try to take some load off of grandpa and they'd try to make the noodles for him. It was not. It was not grandpa's noodles. It was not. There was something about whenever he would go and he would boil the broth. I would watch him. He would boil the broth and whenever the broth was ready, he'd pour in the noodles and he would stand at that stove and I would watch him and he's stirring. And as he's stirring, there's this aroma that just filled his home because I tell you what, there is a smell that goes along with Thanksgiving and, and it's at my grandpa's house. <laughs> it is still there. Because Thanksgiving, it has a scent, and that's what it's all about. And on those years where those others were trying their best to, to, to take a little bit off of Grandpa's to-do list, I would leave that place, and I would think, oh, it just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same because it sure didn't smell like Thanksgiving. It didn't taste like Thanksgiving, and even the spread on the table, they weren't there, so it didn't even look like Thanksgiving to me. Anybody ever have an experience like that? Yeah. yeah, some people say it's the friends. If you don't have the friends, it's not Thanksgiving. If you don't have the family, it's not Thanksgiving. Some say, if you don't have the football, it is not Thanksgiving. <laughs> but all of that to say, it, you know, it's, if one thing is missing, it's just not right. You know, it's just like that cake. The cake, whenever it's missing the ingredient, it doesn't taste right. And the same concepts map over to the spiritual realm. True thanksgiving takes a whole lot of godly principles, and we get to spend the next few weeks unpacking all of those so we can really step into the place of experiencing true thanksgiving. Who wants that? Amen. Yes. So today, we are going to focus on just one of those ingredients, and that is praising with purpose. I love the praise that we have felt in this place this morning. Praise is absolutely vital whenever it comes to having true thanksgiving. And doing it right means that we're praising with purpose. Everybody say praising with purpose. Why is this so important? I am a why person. I have always been that way. My children are why people. We're all that way. We need to know. In Scripture, we find God has given us commands for us to give thanks through praise to God. Psalms 106 and 1 says, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Psalms 97 and 12 says, May all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise His holy name. Psalms 100 verse 4 says, Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Go into His courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. All of those verses, praise his name. We should give thanks with praise, with purpose. It is God's will for all of us to give him thanks, and it is our purpose to be thankful to him. So often we get this part mixed up, right? Mm -hmm. We do. Um, we think our purpose is to be an employee for our employer. I had a conversation with my boss this week. It made me laugh. He kept saying, Jessica, you do so many things, so many things. I don't want to ever have to replace you. 
but just know we're all replaceable. <laughs> it made me laugh, and he said, I'm replaceable too. He wasn't being silly. He, we just have a fun relationship. It was fun. But we can get mixed up thinking that our work defines who we are, and that is our purpose. That the world, it just can't go on if I'm not doing this thing. And we can take on this me-centric mentality. The problem with this is, though, that that's the same mentality that the people during the Tower of Babel, the building of the Tower of Babel, that's their mentality. Okay, those people, they gathered together and they said, let's make a name for ourselves. That's not the thing. That's not the thing at all. They took on this me-centric view because they said, if we build this tower, there's no way we can be scattered. We're going to make a name for ourselves. But that wasn't God's desire. We find God's plan when we look just a little bit after the Tower of Babel and we see that God spoke to Abraham. And he said to him, he said, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. He said, I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. Tower of Babel, they said, let's do it ourselves. But God said, I'm going to do it. Abraham, he is this wonderful picture of what it looks like to praise God. Abraham, he accepted his purpose. He accepted his position in God's plan. And we find that, we find that truth in Romans chapter 4, verses 19 and 20, where it says this. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And, as, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger in this. In this, he brought glory to God. The people building that tower, they stopped believing God's promise. Their faith grew weak, and they began working to bring glory to themselves. Abraham, on the opposite side, he never wavered. He held on to God's promise. As a result, we just read, his faith grew stronger. As a result, he brought glory to God. The people of the Tower of Babel, they stopped giving their thanks. Abraham, he continued giving thanks and praising God. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Some people, we look at our life and, and some people can say, what do I have to be thankful for? Everything's going wrong, and we can stall out in that place, and we can think, there's nothing good in my life. There's nothing I can praise the Lord for. That's not true. That's not true at all. Yes, we do. In fact, we walk through hard things. Sometimes we walk through horrific things, and it feels as though there is nothing for us to be thankful for, but God's goodness is evident. His goodness is still evident all around us. Abraham had the ability, and he shows us that there is an ability to stretch beyond our current circumstances and reach for the promise of God and still profess his goodness in those moments. I remember there was a season of my life where God, he impressed upon me the power of one breath. And I, I was easily, in that time, I was easily getting consumed in these thoughts, thinking, you know, there is nothing, God, everything is going wrong. What am I going to do? But just as my mind was about to, to spiral out of control, 
God would take me to this. Focus on breathing. Focus on breathing and be thankful. There is breath in your lungs. You're not causing yourself to breathe. I'm causing you to breathe. And he was in that moment, he was showing me, it is not by your will. It is by my will and my power that everything is going to be okay. To breathe is a miraculous thing. Would you agree? Yes, we don't think about it. And I don't even know how many thousands of breaths we've had since we've walked through that door. And we have not told ourselves, lungs, take a breath. We're just doing it. It's God. And God, he was so purposeful in designing our bodies to work this way. He made the world and everything around us with such intention to remind us that it is him that is in control. It is not us. We uh, look outside, and I think I've told you before, I love sunrises. Sunrises are a demonstration every day that God, he wants us to see every day. There is light that is power over darkness. Every day that is so profound to him that he wants us to have that reminder every single day. He gives us our bodies. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Science has not figured out all of our bodies, and that is purposeful. God wants us to know that he put us together. He's got it all figured out. We don't have to have it all figured out. Or we look to the laws of nature. There's order in the universe, all of these things, and God is telling us he is a God of order. He has everything in control. So in those moments where we feel as though there is nothing good, he wants us to draw our attention on these other things to see, yes, there is still goodness. There is still goodness to reach for. All circumstances, we can declare his goodness because Thanksgiving, what it really is, is it's a response to the goodness and the grace of God. In the Old Testament, there were specific people who were given the job of giving thanks, which is interesting to me. It was their purpose to give thanks to God for the people. And there are several times we encounter this. You know, David, whenever he was bringing the ark back to the people, he's he's creating this space, preparing it for God's presence. And he, he appointed certain Levites to praise the Lord. Or he wrote a song for Asaph's brother to sing. It was a song of praise to God. Or we go to Hezekiah. Hezekiah, he appointed the Levites to give thanks. And we go to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, he's all about rebuilding and preparing a space for God's glory. And he appointed two choirs, two choirs to give thanks. He appointed directors of singers and songs of praise because praise is a big deal for God. Praise is purposeful. Today we have worship leaders. We have wonderful worship leaders who are anointed, and they lead us, and it is their responsibility to guide us into the presence of of the Lord. Let's thank God for that, right? That is such a powerful thing. They draw us. It's their responsibility to draw us into, into that place of worship, and they do that through prayerfully chosen music. You know, they're called to align to God's will and to be humble before God as they usher us into his presence. That's a great responsibility. Would you agree? Yes, yes. But we are all called to give praise and thanksgiving. That's not reserved just for a group of people. You don't have to be told, Ashlyn, it is your job and yours alone to praise. 
No, it is everybody's responsibility in this room to praise the Lord and give thanks. So, you know, we, we're going to talk about two components today of praising with that purpose. We talked about cakes. You know, each of those ingredients, they're, they're purposeful. There's work for them to do. The same is true here. Praise has those couple of components that we want to touch on today. The first is praise with your all. When we give thanks to God, we should give thanks with our whole being. David said this in Psalms chapter 86, verse 12, with all of my heart, I will praise you, O Lord, my God. I will give glory to your name forever. Not just today. He said forever. David, the one who had some pain in his life, the one who endured the unexpected in his life, he was this man that we all know well. He had many ups. He had many downs. He penned these words. He said, with all my heart. Giving thanks with our whole heart, that's what brings glory to God. Psalms, I want to go back just a little bit. Psalms chapter 86, verse 11. I'm going to switch the translation on. This is the New King James. It says, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I love how this version uses the word unite. It says, unite my heart. When you unite something, you're taking multiple things and you're bringing them together as one. We've all lived in a space where maybe we're double-minded, maybe we're conflicted, whatever you want to call it. We've all experienced that time in our life. And David, what he does here is he acknowledges that we all have this need to be whole. Yeah. And he's asking God, he's saying, God, unite my heart to fear your name. He's acknowledging this pain, this process that has to happen. I, I want to be whole for God. Amen. You want to be whole for God? Yes. Yeah. yeah, because when we are whole, there's freedom. Yeah. There's liberty that we talked about earlier. There's a freedom to worship. There's a freedom to right. willingly display the talents that God, he has placed in our hands. All of us have talents. You may be sitting there thinking, I cannot give God anything. That's a lie. That is right. such a lie. God has given us all talents, and in his time, he will reveal those talents to us because he is so good to us. Worship and praise are, um, sorry, praise and thanksgiving, they're very personal. Mm -hmm. It's a personal thing. It, it looks different from one person to the next, and that's good. And that is a needful thing. Right now, our current culture driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy because it keeps saying we have to think the same thing. We have to speak the same thing. We have to do the same thing. No, no, because God, he created us different on purpose. And the fact that our thanksgiving and our praise is different is this beautiful thing. And the, the same is true for the different thoughts and all of those things. So don't think that just because our praise and our thanks is looking different that there's something wrong with someone. Right. Because that's not true. My whole isn't going to match your whole. Your whole heart is not going to match my whole heart. When we truly praise with a purpose, we accept that it's okay that our praise is different from those around us. And people might look at us and be like, that girl is weird. Oh, man, that man has lost it. I already got weird, so it's okay. <laughs> we get comfortable in that, right? 
But it's just like that baker making that cake. I mean, you look at that first bowl with butter and sugar. And I, I have a daughter that would eat that by the spoonful, but I'm like, oh, no, no, we just it, we don't know what that end result is going to look like until it all comes together. If we never give our all in praise, if we never do that, we're never going to fulfill our purpose in praise and we are never going to truly understand what God's will for our life is because we will never have given our all. All week, whenever I've thought about that truth, my mind has gone back to the parable of the talents. That is one of my favorite parables, right? The master, he's dishing out those talents and we have the one with the five. He uses all five of his and he gets 10, right? It increases. We have the one given two. They put all two of theirs and it's doubled. But the one who was only given one, what did they do? They buried it. They hid it. They were afraid to give their all. They actually said when asked, why did you not do that? I was afraid. That's what they said. We don't want to be like that. We want to give our all because just as it's laid out in that parable, there is reward. For give. There's more of God whenever we give him our all. I want to go back to Abraham. We've already said this verse again, but it's worth repeating in Romans when we think about Abraham and all the challenges that he faced in his life. It says, and Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew, and in this, he brought glory to God. We know by looking at Abraham's life, he made mistakes. He did. He made some big ones. But he gave it his all. And that's what we have to focus on because we are going to make mistakes. But the point is we have to give God our all. And what Abraham did is he gave God thanks. He praised God despite what his eyes were seeing him or seeing before him or his emotions telling him. He was giving God thanks. The second component that I want to talk about is praising out loud. Praising out loud is so vitally important. Many people in our culture, they're quietly thankful. They're quietly thankful to God in their hearts because they don't want to seem proud. They don't want to draw attention to themselves by being vocal about their faith, right? That's another one of those things where we're at times being real hush-hush about what we believe. This mentality is not biblical. It's not biblical at all. And we have to work against that fear of speaking our praise and giving our thanksgiving to God out loud. Psalms chapter 26 verse 7 says this, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. We are to publish. To publish, and it's a different verse, sorry about that, Sam or a different uh, translation. We are to publish with a voice of thanksgiving. That means to tell. That means to declare. That means to cause others to hear. It means to proclaim the voice of thanksgiving. Someone tell me. That means to say it out loud. Yes, Psalms 109 and 30 tells us this. I will greatly praise the Lord with my mouth. Yea, I will praise him among the multitude. Someone say, that's a gathering. It is. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4 tells us this. 
In that wonderful day you will sing, thank the Lord, praise his name, tell the nations what he has done, let them know how mighty he is. Someone say, that's out loud too. It is. Yet we choose to stay silent at times, don't we? Yeah, when, you, when we choose to remain silent, we need to ask ourselves, am I staying silent because I'm afraid? It's something that we all have to consider because God, he has not given us that spirit of fear. But he's given us one of power and love and of a sound mind. Fear has no place in here. Not only does the Bible tell us to give thanks out loud, but it tells us the why for all of us that are like, why God? Why do I need to do this? He's so good. He gives us that instruction. He says we give thanks aloud, not for the sake of him. It's not for God's sake. He is all-knowing. He knows our heart. He knows our, our thoughts. He knows it all. But what it is, it's for the sake of others. Other people benefit from our praising out loud. God's word, it gives us this beautiful, power, powerful example of what this does. I love it. I love it. I love it. Paul and Silas, let's go back to them. They're sitting in the jail. They found themselves themselves in the jail, and it's midnight. It's dark. Darkness had surrounded them, and they chose to praise in the jail, in that prison cell. With those chains on, they chose to pray and sing to God. And the other prisoners, do you know what Scripture says? It says that they were listening. They were listening to Paul and Silas singing those praises. Can I tell you, you may not think that other people are listening to you, but they are. They are. I I don't know what's been going on. I have this mentality that I, I graduated high school and then everybody forgot who I was. I just live in that world. I'm not sure why, but that's my thought. I'm like, why would they remember me? God, he keeps bringing these people back into my life randomly, and they're like, hey, you're Jessica Linton. And I'm like, how do you remember me? But it keeps on going, and as God is showing me these things, he keeps saying, people are watching you. People know you. People are paying attention. The same is true for you. We may think that we are unseen, but there are people watching. You may think that, No one sees you, that no one cares. That's a purposeful lie from the enemy to get us to be quiet. Because the enemy of our soul, he knows the power of what actually happens whenever we begin to praise and whenever we begin to speak out loud, declaring the glory of what God has done. When we look to Paul and Silas a little bit further, we find something miraculous. Suddenly, as they're sitting there, you know, there's this violent earthquake and the foundations of the prison, they're shaken. The foundations, the foundations of the entire prison were shaken. Do you know that your ability to pray and sing praises to God has the ability to shake the foundations of the prison prison that other people are sitting in? That is true. It is, it has this ability Because other people are listening in such a way that when freedom comes to you, it finds its way to them, too. Because our testimony is powerful, and our testimony really is the key that unlocks the prison cell of someone else. It is a beautiful, powerful thing. 
It does because praise is powerful not only to ourselves, but to those that are around us. And that is the reason why we should just get like a, I get like a little bit of a spiteful spirit within me. And I don't think it's a bad one. Someone can correct me, but whenever I read this, it gives me reason I want to shout louder. Yeah. Yeah. Because I see that you're walking through something that I walked through. And I know my God is able. And so I want to shout loud because I want you to experience the same liberty and freedom that I have. And we want want to sing more louder, more loudly. We want to praise more openly because our praise has a purpose. And we must praise God with that purpose. It tells us why in Isaiah chapter 38 and 19. It says this, Only the living can praise you as I do today. Each generation tells of your faithfulness to the next. This is teach the children. This isn't just talking about our natural children. This is also talking about our spiritual children as well. You know, this can be applied in that area. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 16. For if you praise God only in the spirit, how can those who don't understand you praise God along with you? How can they join you in giving thanks when they don't understand what you're saying? Yeah. God, he he wants us to pass on. He wants everyone to come and to worship him. He wants us to praise him in spirit. He wants us to do that. Speaking in tongues, that's a godly thing. But this verse says our prayers are not just in a spiritual tongue. And it tells us why so clearly. It says, so others can agree and they can shout an amen. We want them to come into an agreement with what God is declaring. Scripture tells us that we are called to show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. I want to show that light. You want to show that light. We were made in the image of God. Every single one of us. God is purposeful in that and that he wanted his image, he wanted to like image forth throughout the generations his glory. He didn't just want it for the beginning. He wanted it for everyone. And so he wants us to multiply. He wants us to fill the earth. We multiply. We fill the earth when we praise with purpose. It's his desire. Again, it is his desire. All who are willing will come. When we begin praising with our whole heart and out loud, it does something. We begin to align our lives with God's goal to spread, right? For us to profess and show the world his goodness. And we become this this billboard of sorts, right? We're professing his goodness to everyone around us in our thankfulness. Many times, you know, we can encounter a a space of false, uh, oh goodness, false humility, okay? And we might, that might be used to prohibit, to stop our praise. I don't don't want anybody to see my praise. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves. And we can use that as an excuse to not push ourselves, to not do what God is wanting us to do, because we don't want to get outside of our comfort zone. I hate getting outside of my comfort zone. Right now, I feel like I'm going to be sick, right? But God said, we need to get out. We need to do this. Um, and God said to that we do that by praising aloud. Yeah. So this has been a very, very short message, and we're going to prepare to wrap this up. So if you wouldn't mind coming as, as we prepare to close this out. But um, before we do, though, I want us 
to really understand some things. Many people who are introverted or reserved, they may not feel like they can give praise out loud. Right? Do we know some people that way? I know some people that way. You know, some people, they suffer from a whole lot of different circumstances, um, whether it's physically or emotionally. Maybe they're just insecure in who they are. Maybe they're battling depression, some sort of mental health, anxiety of some sorts. Maybe others, they don't even have the physical capacity to praise God out loud in a group of people. I challenge you, there is still the ability for us to praise God. We still have that. It just requires a little more creativity because it's not about the level of noise. It's about giving God our all, our whole heart. There's this woman that I know. She has physical limitations. It drives her crazy. She and I have spoken many times. It drives her crazy. She wants to be around an altar space, and she wants to be dancing before the Lord. She wants to be shouting with everyone, but she cannot physically do it. But do you know what she has done? She has determined in her mind, here's what I can do, God. I can muster up the energy to stand up. And I can like wave my hands. And I tell you, she will minimize what she is doing. But as someone who's watching and observing, when she stands up and when she starts to lift her hand, I will tell you that there is something that is unleashed in the atmosphere. And it sets all of us who are ready to dance. We just go. And it's this beautiful thing. Because she is giving her whole. Her whole looks different than my whole heart. But she's doing what she is able. And that is what's what matters. And that is where the power lies. Because praising with purpose, it's not about the noise. It's not even about us. It's about God. It's about Him. And I wonder today, as, as we wrap this up, if we could actually put this message into action this morning. You know, if we could take time with the Lord and let's step into this time of praise. Luke tells us, He gives us this warning of sorts. He tells us if we hold in our praise, he says the rocks will cry out. Because all of creation was made to praise him. The praise of God goes forth whether we're going to be stubborn and holding it or not. And I don't want a rock to cry out in my my place. And I know that you don't either. So right now we're going to take some time and we're going to praise God because our praise will align us with his goodness. Our praise is a medicine for a broken heart. Yeah. Our praise is medicine for a hard heart. It's what breaks bondage of bitterness in our life. It's what shifts our mind and it changes the atmosphere around us. Because praise, it links us to the Almighty God. Yes. It does. It's the one thing that we are going to do here on earth that's going to carry over into heaven. We get to sing his praises around the throne. So would you please stand and let's give God the praise that he is due. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the church. We hope you feel encouraged by the words you have heard today and would love the opportunity to get to meet you in person if you ever find yourself in normal Illinois. For more information on what's happening and to discover ways to connect, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and never miss a service. Also, follow us on social media. Find us on Instagram by searching thechurch.normalil or on Facebook by searching The Church. 
Direct links can be found in the show notes. Thank you.